We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. The Luncheon by W. Somerset Mom coming up today. <laughs> you got your uh, 100-year-old volume? Mm-hmm. No, my copy, unfortunately, doesn't even contain this story, which I didn't realize until after we had already selected it. So this was an interesting one, right? This story seemed to have a lot more that could be going on. I don't know, the narrator seemed like he had some personal issues going on. A little bit of a vendetta as we get into this story. Well, what we have on the surface is an author encountering a woman, right? And it sparks this memory from 20 years ago. And he recalls this memory, and that's where a majority of the story exists, right? It's in this recall, this framed narrative story about when he first met her. He was a young, starving author, as a lot of young authors are. It's it's this kind of like half-dark comedic encounter where a fan's like, hey, I want to meet you for lunch. And he's like, okay, cool, let's, let's do that. And they go to like this really expensive place that he can't afford, and she's just like, oh, I just eat one thing and then like orders all the most expensive things on the menu. It, like it really kind of ramps out of control real fast for what is ultimately an author who can't afford eating at this place. I thought it was interesting, though, that he had this preconceived notion of one of his fans and that she was somewhat of a Patreon for him, right? Supporting his work. And he had this expectation of her and then she didn't fulfill this expectation. And he's already a little bit salty about that right off the get go. And then when in the story she's like oh don't worry i'm not going to eat a lot at this you know fancy place it ends up she does eat a whole bunch of stuff just like one thing at a time and he feels like she has betrayed him or lied to him and he gets even you know madder and uh it's just it's very odd how his perception of the way this whole luncheon the whole ordeal went down and i don't know is there false memory here that's why i I felt like this story was was a piece of a play or it was like one scene out of a grander story i think the the ending note about how much so in the present when he's seeing her after this whole memory recall of her eating all this food and he sees how she's gained a lot of weight i think that kind of like I don't know, is it a revenge story or is that verification that this was true of all the events that he's recalling? Well, I guess that could be validation that she was not what she seemed. But he said it wasn't the wording that she was larger than he remembered. So that means that she put on weight. So, I mean, was she already a a, a larger woman and now she's like morbidly obese because she says that she's 21 stones, which I don't know if you know the calculations that I had to look that up because <laughs> I didn't know what that even meant. I mean, I know what stones are a measurement in, in parts of Europe, but I had to look it up that it was nearly 300 pounds. And uh, I mean, that, that is a very large individual, uh, but a little bit of body shaming there. And he he's happy that, you know, she, she is this large, but we don't know if she's unhappy being that large. Right. Yeah. yeah I think it's one of those things that in today's age that, that can be viewed that way. Let's start with the young author. Why, like when, People read the story. They might ask the question, 
why doesn't he just say no? Like, why did he go to this expensive place with the fan? Oh, that's a great question. I think there are two answers for this. One, I think that as a content creator, the very first time you get recognized in public, you kind of fan out as well. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's a high. It is an exhilarating experience for the very first time that a fan comes up to you and recognizes you in public. And to have a fan say, you are so good, I want to meet you, that boosts his ego a little bit. So he wants to go. Um, and two, I, I think that like a lot of us, we want to live up to those expectations of our fans and not let them down. Right. He wants to appear to be the author that she thinks he may be. Right. Like he can't turn down this expensive. I mean, he's an author. Surely he could be able to take a fan to the fancy restaurant. Right. So do you think by her? I mean, she suggested it. And there's even a little bit of irony. Right. With how she suggests this fancy restaurant. And then later when they're meeting, she's like, oh, you brought me here. Right. Clearly not matching up the, the words and the actions in terms of irony. Do you think she was manipulating him for a fancy meal? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And we have the the quote from the story. She was talkative, but since she seemed inclined to talk about me, I was prepared to be an attentive listener. And so she's manipulated this whole situation, maybe not just for a free meal, but, you know, she she's fangirling out over this author. And uh, a one way to entrap people is to get them to to go to food because then you're stuck there for a couple of hours. Uh, and, and obviously he doesn't want to... Uh, ruining this friendship this you know maybe budding relationship uh not like you know anything beyond platonic but uh could she sponsor him or something no i i definitely think that this is a great use of irony but the thing that you said before too is that she is not expecting his expectations she's not expecting his expectations it there's it, another layer of irony in there as well that they, they're both not meeting each other's expectations or they're trying to at least on the surface level and that's what it really comes down to it. a lot of times these I would almost say fickle relationships, these surface level relationships, there's nothing of substance there. And it's all just a facade. And same thing with like her words not matching up with her actions, right? Oh, I just eat one thing. And then she eats the peaches and the caviar and the champagne. And then she has a, was ice cream, like the, the salmon, like she, she had a whole bunch of food that will lead to someone potentially gaining weight, I think might be some of the commentary that mom's going for here. But I think that also brings maybe perhaps some class discussion too. Is she perhaps the middle class that's trying to live above her means? And what is what is her focus on? Is it on superfluous things? Like when she's talking to him, does she talk about him? No. She talks about art, literature, like the, the big picture type of things. And uh, is worrying about, you know, not really much, though, too much. But him being kind of more representative lower class is more worried about how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to get through this month, like to pay my rent? Because like, let alone, how am I going to pay for the bill here? And what are my excuses to get out of this bill here? Like, I think there's also even some class commentary about surviving the day versus uh, being able to afford thinking about more luxury items. Definitely some class issues there. I did think it was interesting that when you look at the different foods, she says she only eats one thing, but she never says she's going to order one thing. So it is a little bit of almost a riddle there of play on words. She eats one thing at a time. My uncle does this of he doesn't like his food touching and so she just eats the peaches and then she has the coffee and then the ice cream, I think, and the caviar and the salmon. They, they only do one at a time. And I, I think that that is that she is enjoying herself because I think she is living beyond her means, that she doesn't get treated to these things very often. She's savoring this moment, not savoring the moment with him. She's savoring the food. 
uh, you know, which a lot of times in modern society, we look as a bonding experience, but these two aren't bonding, right? They, they, they aren't coming together over art or literature or even food. The whole time he's worrying about the bill and all she's doing is indulging herself. And it, it, it's really sad. And I just, I, I like you said uh, before, where, where, what, what more is there to this story? Well, to that point, though, isn't being upper class about indulging and isn't, I mean, out on a limb here, but to an extent is not the lower class a little bit about suffering, about sacrifice, even being a martyr in some situations. Is this author viewing himself potentially as being the martyr for his art while she's indulging too much and look and then and then is it a reap what you sow commentary at the end? Yeah, I I, I could see that. Um she wasn't so young as I expected in appearance and imposing instead of attractive. She was, in fact, a lady of 40. Um, he, he's looking as like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice myself and go out with this lady that would never get somebody like me. Uh, I, I definitely can see that take on it. I just think that the, the narrator, you know, is... He, he, he's, he's young, and I think that he is immature in how to move forward with interacting with fans. And I think that's something that takes practice and time to learn. Oh, yeah. And that wraps me up with a comment that happened earlier. But I was, but I was flattered, and I was too young to have learned to say no to a woman. Few men, I may add, learn this until they are too old to make it of any consequence to a woman what they say. Oh, but it, it's sort of a revenge story, right? I mean, everybody having their false motives of, you know, oh, I want to meet you. You're a fan, but I really just want a fancy dinner. <laughs> you know, I, I can see that. You're like, oh, yeah, I want to get your autograph. Oh, and now I'm in this awesome place. that I don't, don't really care about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you could almost easily make almost the uh, autobiographical uh, error uh, where you assume that this could have happened to the author, right? Like, that's always kind of like a fun little thing to kind of pontificate there. But mom. Decent, solid writer. I'd say he's kind of a, he's kind of the champagne of writing. Just a very solid and refreshing writer to me. I'll give this 21 out of 10. <laughs> 21 stones. All right, playlist down stones. below of mom. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Una out. Peace.